The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of The Drop Back Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis, and I'm joined as ever down the line by Matt Burns Peak and Joe Costanzo. How's it hanging, Slug? How's it hanging, Slug? Well, that is some sort of response. We've got a good show for you guys this week, hopefully better than Joe's intro. Yeah, We're going to look at the best teams in the league that are making a mockery of everyone else. But before we do do that, we're going to look at the three teams that are four and four and which way will they end up going. Are any of those teams going to finish four and four over that or under that? How would they finish four and four, Slew? You know what I mean, finish 500. <laughs> you've really messed this up, this whole segment up. I can't believe you've done this. Um, I don't. Okay, I'm gonna say the Eagles have a decent chance to finish, not you know fifty fifty. Um, I think their defense looks a bit better with Ronald Darby back. They avoided turnovers last week, just only one on the day. Um, their rushing game looked good, bloody amazing. I mean, Miles, Miles Sanders he looks like you got something special there. He's fast. He's a fast boy. I wonder how, like, they brought this up on NFL Red Zone, but has anyone done the metric on how fast he was running? Because it just... I think they said it... I think it was, like, 21.9 miles an hour, or 21.8 miles an hour, something something stupidly fast, basically. Almost as quick as Joe in his prime, then. Yeah, no, yeah. not not quite, but almost. Um, A concussion. Yeah, no, and... <laughs> don't even bring up the concussion story, because we don't have time to get into it. Just know that it was terrible... Joe's concussion, it was the strangest two days of his life. It was brilliant. We'll get into that. Maybe that's an off-season story, I think, when we've got time to delve into it. And because we need a lot of time to bring up Joe and talk about him. Yeah, there's a lot of angles to that one. The Eagles run game did look as good as it has done all year. Jordan Howard is looking, seems to be getting better every single week. And him and Miles Sanders is that classic thunder and lightning approach that I think Mm. hopefully should be able to take some of the pressure off. Carson Wentz, especially with the Sean Jackson returning to practice this week. Yeah, that's definitely a massive plus um, for the Eagles as well. And the thing, my thing with the Eagles is I'm not. It's one of those things where you don't really know what Eagles team is going to turn up every week because they've mm. had some fantastic wins like this week against the Bills, who have been really, really impressive so far as well. But then, you know, some of the early losses in the season, Detroit, Atlanta. It's like I don't really know what I'm going to get week to week with with Philly at the moment. Yeah, that, that's true. That's fair enough. I think they are helped by that schizophrenic performances. They've got their eight remaining games are home to the Bears, and then probably their two hardest games of the season, which they'll lose: home to the Pats, home to the Seahawks, away Rough, to the Dolphins, nice. home to the Giants, Rough. away to the Redskins, home to the Cowboys, home to the Giants. One of those must be in a way to the Giants that I've missed done. But either way, you should be winning both of those games. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a pretty nice end of schedule. Um, I think uh, it's just whether or not they can be consistent, to be honest. It's, it's, it's like Matt said. Um, the other ones on this list that I, I would like to bring up would possibly be the Jags. Um, I love the Jags. I love the Jags as well. I want to say Gardner Minshew is better than Sam mm. Darnold. Preach and thank right, you. Gardner Minshew is four and three as a starter. Donald is five and twelve. Um, let's just say it how it is here. The man with the tash can sling the ball. <laughs> and so the question is then, Joe, do the Jags stick with the man with the tash? Yes. Or the man who they gave the cash? 
The, oh, I like oh, that. I like that a lot. That was. I did an article on this uh, the other week, actually, and and at the time I put it, I think I put it as as about sort of a forty five percent chance of Minshew keeping the job, just simply because of his fumbling issues and because of the win record. But I could actually see him. You no, know, he looked really good again. I know it. I know it's the Jets, but he looked really good again uh, this weekend, and I could see it as a case of you know stick with the hot hand sort of approach, uh, maybe from the Jags. And the Jets are only two weeks removed from looking like a really good defense as well. Um, but the the only thing with the with the Jags as well is just, just it. Leonard Fournette looks a bit inconsistent. I mean, he's he's one of the only players who has eighty five scrimmage yards a game, so it sounds a bit weird. But for instance, in this game, first rush went for sixty six yards, and his next eighteen went for ten. Like, mm. I just need some more consistency out of the running back position there. Um, he looks better as a as a pass catcher though this year, and he's improved on that a lot. To be fair, yeah, and the defense still looks good without Ramsey, which is which is nice, you know. I mean, it is hard to tell when you again the only team mm. that they've played since that is the that Jets team, mm. who, as Matt was saying, and who Matt isn't impressed with, Sam Darnold, rubbish. Sam Sam Darnold is trash. Like, I've told you this. I told you this straight away. Nope. Sam Darnold and Adam Gaze was never going to work. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, more in general, like ever since he was drafted, I've just never been the biggest Sam Darnold fan. I always thought he was just massively overhyped by these, like, you know, Mike Mayox and uh, Conan Cowherds of the world, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, he's got a, a West Coast ethos, though. Trunky. He's a chunky, trunky coastal kid. <laughs> it's a Midwest ethos, Matt. Get it right. I'm sorry. Was that was that was that cow herd? Or was that that, that sounds yeah, like that's a cow herd? It's a cow turd. You can't follow right? his imagination though. <laughs> yeah. What do you? Yeah. Get? Let's, that seems like a really good um, tactic for us, Joe. Just going around just slagging people off. Yeah, it's the only way we can get publicity, man. I'm just. I'm <laughs> okay. What you way. mean? We should just leave you out there. Just fire shots at everyone and just hope they respond. Yeah. Next week we go straight at the NFL in general. We just call out the whole NFL network. Dave Demacheck, I've always had a problem with your stupid hair <laughs> and the team you support. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's unfortunate this season for him. Anyway, I, I can't beat a kid. All right, one. so getting back on track, the third team that's at five hundred as we stand are the Tennessee Titans. Are they going to fall above or below that by the end of the season? Uh, below, because Ryan Tannehill, as much as I have a soft spot in my heart for him isn't actually that great at playing quarterback. And I just don't think that that Titans roster in general has enough talent to be able to win more games down the stretch. Yeah, I think the Titans look a lot better with Tannehill under centre with two straight wins, obviously three touchdowns on the day. But um, I think it's a bit too early to tell really if we can, this is the beginning of some sort of consistency in Tennessee. It's something they've been striving for for weeks now kind of years in fact but um at the same time like matt said i don't believe Tannehill is the guy who can take them there i just don't mm. out of his what we've seen out of him over the years in miami um he's never been you know a save that good QB, <laughs> you know yeah or yeah good in general you know uh, i think he's 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 a he's better than mariota is that's what you get. Yeah, I don't think you're you're absolutely correct there. I don't think the Titans think he's the guy that can take him forward. Otherwise, he would have been starting from day one. They already sort of know what they've got in Mariota. Mm. The one thing you can say about the Titans is they do have a pretty solid defense led by Mike Vrabel. That's yeah. true. Pretty, 
they're one of the best I don't know the actual stats of this but I'm pretty sure they're in like the top five but I don't want to quote just, just the generic top five the top you heard five it here first fellas in the league <laughs> Tennessee Titans top five defense in something in, in, in a we've stat. got all the, we've got all the Total stats defense I'm going to say that's a good say you so if Tannehill can play consistent consistently over the next eight weeks of the season there's some winnable games on their schedule and so keep if he keeps it steady there's a what chance they finish maybe nine and seven maybe push for that AFC wildcard spot or even the AFC South it could go down to the wire yeah true it's a very open division to be to be honest at the moment I could see them potentially sneaking in but are they actually going to do any damage at the business end of the season I kind of think not I see Tannehill as a bit of a bridge quarterback, and I don't think the rest of the the roster is quite ready to be able to win with a bridge quarterback. I'd say out of these three teams, the Titans are definitely the least likely to make the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's pretty. I'd say it's pretty even between the Titans and the Jags. I think if one team hits a bit Boo. of a hot streak, what? I'm just booing you because you you don't have faith in the the Tash. You you just want the big dick Nick to take. I take just have a bit. I don't. No, I like Gordon Mitchell. I just don't think the Titans are that bad. I think they can probably... I wouldn't be surprised if in the AFC South you almost get a range from 7-9 and nine to 9-7 nine and seven between all four teams. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And with the most of them still having to play each other a number of times, the way those records could fall could go any way, to be honest. All right, you win this time. But I'll get you back! <laughs> next episode of okay the so moving on from mediocre teams to some pretty impressive ones so the Patriots defense is that the best you've ever seen oh doggy the Patriots defense is very very good yeah it is That's... very very good you go can you go you go Joe you go Joe oh I'm just gonna say this a little bit of research I did here um oh when, love it when we look at the best defenses of all time um the first name that springs to a lot of people's heads is Bears. Did you say the Ravens. No. The nineteen eighty five Bears. Okay. Thank God for that. Right? So if we took the Bears like split their total defence in half, so it represents eight games of the season, and compared it to New England, New England are beating them for yards allowed and two behind on turnovers. So which is so impressive given the offensive nature of the league nowadays and you can't just whack a receiver at the line of scrimmage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And with their with the with New England's unethically easy schedule coming up, I wouldn't be surprised if they make up for those turnovers and beat the 85 Bears, which is considered one of the best defenses of all time. Little tidbit on top of this, they've got a plus 189 point differential. Like that's just, so good which is so ridiculous don't you wow. think like I love your tidbits Joe a little tidbit for you yeah, well this, <laughs> this week they managed to win they won basically on three plays didn't they I mean it was a reasonably close game and then they got a Nick Chubb fumble a Bacon Mayfield interception which was one of the weirdest picks I've ever so seen so strange mm. yeah and Bacon Mayfield just looking it's like well, well that just happened and then Nick <laughs> Chubb fumbled again and then basically the game's over exactly it was, it was literally taken away within the first sort of Quarter as you know, again a, a lightning start from the from the Pats D. Yeah, it's just it's just becoming unfair, really, isn't it? It's like mm. I think my favourite stat with the Pats D at the moment is I think going into yesterday I saw somewhere that um, 
statistically speaking, quarterbacks are better off just spiking the ball on every single play <laughs> rather than trying to actually pass on the New England defense. So if you that the quarterback rating allowed by the Pats D at the moment over the the, the first eight games has been thirty five point six passer rating. Um, if you were to just continuously spike the ball for the whole game at QB, you'd finish with a 39.6 passer rating. So, <laughs> I mean, that's got to be one of the most ridiculous and, and fun stats I think I've seen in a while. Pretty much sums it up, really. Uh, it is. All right, I'm going to name, to just further rub in how good this defense is, I've got a list of 10 players here. Can you name which of these have more touchdowns this season than the Pats D? Oh, God. Okay, you ready? Ten yeah, players. Been put on the spot. Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Alvin Kamara, Le'Veon Bell, Mike Thomas, Travis Kelsey, Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Juju. I'm right. going to say this none is of a them. Trick question. Yep. It's obviously well. Actually, You're absolutely right. Yeah. None of them. None of them. None of them have more touchdowns this year than the Pats D. That's ridiculous, man. That's so That's... dominant. Michael Thomas as well, my God. Like, at least with the others, they're on crappy teams, but um, yeah, underperforming that's, teams. That's unreal. And I like the fact as well that well. Go, going into this week, if um, if the Patriots' offense had never taken the field, then they'd still be like, a, I think it was a 3 3 and 1 or a, or a 4 2 and 1 <laughs> ball team, which is, again is ridiculous. Yeah, the Pats have scored more touchdowns on defense than they've allowed from opposing offenses. Oh. God, it just makes me feel sad every time I hear it. And then I think, yeah. who are we playing next week? Oh, yeah. That team. Well, that's a game that we'll talk about a little bit later. For now, another team that's performing pretty well at the moment. Unbeaten. This seems like the first real test they've had this season, according to a lot of detractors. The San Francisco 49ers. Have they now proved that they're for real? Oh, I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and emphatically say yes. Um I mean, I think the Panthers game was absolutely a, a big statement win. Um, and I think it's great that, you know, we've sort of talked about the, you know, the 49ers defensive bit is good, right? It's, it's pretty decent. It's up there. But if you actually look at it, the, the 49ers defense is fantastic. And I think pretty much any other year other than this year, when the Pats defense is from a, di a different planet, everyone be talking about how ridiculously good the 49ers defense is. I mean, it, it's flirting with New England as sort of the for the first and second spot in... Uh, you know, yards per game, passing yards allowed per game. Um, you know, it, it's it's a, a, actually a phenomenally good defense, and I don't think that as think... good a point as sorry, as good a point you're making there about the Niners defense. I don't like using the passing yards and like yards allowed when it talks about the Pats defense because Belichick doesn't care how many yards he gives up as long as the teams like don't get in the end zone and he gets enough turnovers that mm. he's not that bothered about giving up yards. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, though, know, because everyone's, because we've been so impressed with the Pats' defense, mm. I think we've sort of not given the 49ers' defense the, the credit it deserves. Um, and I mean, just if you if you saw the game yesterday, um, you know, Nick Bosa was an absolute machine. Um, we were all talking about how mm. impressive Kyle Allen was going into this, um, you know, in relief of Cam Newton, and they made him look stupid basically for the for the whole game. Do you think Nick Bosa could win Defensive Player of the Year? I was about to ask the same question. Three sacks and his interception return was pretty snazzy itself. So he's now on seven snazzy. sacks for the year, 11 tackles for loss and 13 QB heat hits. I mean, who else would be up there in your opinion? 
I'm still waiting for Aaron Donald to sort of explode into his. He's not rookie. Oh yeah, I thought I thought you said just defensive player of the year. I mean, oh rookie for rookie, I think. No, yeah, no, no, I, no, I, no. I, I meant defensive player of the year. To be. Oh, fair. did you say defensive like, player yeah. of the year? Yeah, no, I, I, I was, I was being honest. I think, I think he should. He's in contention for defensive player of the year, definitely. Like not defensive rookie of yeah. the year. Yeah, he's obviously winning defensive rookie. rookie of the year. There's, there's, there's no way he doesn't win defensive rookie of the year. I'm just saying, defensive player of the year. Does he have a chance to win that? Because, in my opinion, he does. Seat. He's, I mean. Yeah, he's he's the yeah. first, like you just said, he's the first player in NFL history to have three sacks and an interception in the game, which is pretty cool. Um, obviously, seven sacks uh, in total for that whole defense today, and seven tax, sacks in total for Nick Bosa. But he's also had sixteen QB pressures in uh, in you know eight games. So mm. Mm, he's bad. I'd, he's I, I'd, I'd put him in pole position. Yeah, I'd put him in pole yeah. position for it at the moment. Like I said, I'm still sort of waiting for Aaron Donald to start showing his form from last season. Um, I mean, there's maybe a few other people you'd hang out there as well, but I'd say that right now, Nick Bose is the, the defender I've been most impressed with through the first half this year. Uh, the Panthers had come in winning four straight games as well. And, mm. you know, it That's went it team. went some way to, to prove that, obviously, we've been saying over the last few weeks, oh, we're not sure if Jimmy G is the most accurate and stuff, but Emmanuel Sanders looks like he fits right into that team. Um and you know things like like Mike McGlinchey and Joe Staley are, uh, are injured now, so we, we see a lot more like pre-snap motion coming in the 49ers offense as well. And I think doing that is just opening up so much more for their offense that when they come back, they're just going to continue it going as well. Um, yeah, their sorry. offense, and the, the, I think the Panthers are the best defense they've faced this year. I was going to go on a similar track you've done, and then you look at what Tevin Coleman was able to do in this game. I think getting Tevin mm. Coleman back, however good Matt Breed has been playing, Tevin Coleman's revelation got almost 120 total yards, four touchdowns, and Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been asked to do that much. And mm. I think that's what's been most impressive about the Niners that they're winning without elite quarterback play. They've got elite yeah. coaching. That's the thing. I think. I think Carl they Shanahan do. is in the I mean the driver's seat for coach of the year at the moment not Belichick I mean I mean I know he won't win it but Belichick should win coach of the year Belichick should pretty much have been coach of the year every year but it's, it's kind of so got then, to the but point he doesn't. now yeah no, he's he kind sh- of got to the point now where we we know that how good Belichick is isn't it it's, it's almost like the the best coach outside of Bill Belichick award at this point yeah I think yeah. maybe Sean Payton but... might be might be pushing them for that. And on the note of Sean Payton, Breeze was back for the Saints, going over 350 yards. He got 60 more than Teddy managed in any of his games. And he got three touchdowns to boot as well. Rusty. Rusty. Yeah. Is the, is the NFC going to come down to New Orleans versus San Francisco? Mm, I, I mean, I I would argue it could come down to any mix of the, the trio of New Orleans, San Francisco, and Green Bay, who I know we'll speak about yeah. later. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like we said previously, I, I think Teddy has set up the Saints in a position now where Breeze can come back in, take over, and um, guide them to potentially a, a Super Bowl berth. Um, yeah, I think uh, Drew Breeze, like we said, it's he's come back looking stronger than ever after Teddy's sort of given them a position to... Uh, put them in a position to make like a playoff berth and potentially a Super Bowl berth. But also you have to look account for um, 
the performance of some of the other members of the team. So, for instance, Latavius Murray in the last two weeks has had over 307 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns with Alvin Kamara out. So Alvin Kamara better watch his back coming back uh, in the next <laughs> in the next two weeks Alvin after Kamara. their bye week. Yeah, I'm just saying Latavius Murray looks Alvin like Kamara he's a suitable replacement, even in the receiving game. Like, you know... Yeah, that has surprised me how 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 well he's been playing in the receiving game. Actually, I thought that would be the biggest loss without Kamara in that threat out of the backfield because yeah, they love those option routes that basically isolate a linebacker. But Eric McCoy coming in at centre, I was set when we were doing our preseason previews. The biggest question we had was Max Unger retiring yeah. at centre and leaving a massive hole in the yeah. O line, and Eric McCoy is coming in as a rookie, and pretty much solidified that position as his own and they don't seem to have missed a step on offense this year and their defense has taken that step forward yeah i i I definitely agree with that i think their offense looks you know like the powerhouse that it was for large parts of last season um i i feel a little bit sorry for for teddy bridgewell with this one because i think he did such a good job when he was away Obviously, Breeze has come back and looks like he's completely not missed a step at all. And, you know, he's going to be the star, barring another injury for now until and it seems like he turns 100. Um, I wonder if, and I sort of posed this question to you, Slew, earlier in the week about would a team maybe take a flyer on Bridgewater? You know, one of those contenders, maybe the Bears who we'll get onto later or, you know, the Titans or something. Would it be worth taking a flyer on a Teddy Bridgewater to see if he can be that quarterback that, that does just enough to get you to you know, where maybe the rest of your roster can can potentially be? I think if you're that team that's um, taking a flyer on a quarterback at this stage in the season, it's because your quarterback's gone down and, you need to, and you've got the rest of a roster that can win now. I don't think the Bears are that at the moment. With Akeem Hicks going down and they're suffering a setback on offense, it's not just due, due to Trubisky. It's the running game as well has been nowhere near as effective. I don't think the Bears take it. And what's the other team? The Titans. Yeah, why not the Titans? They've got a bit of a, uh, you know... They're all Mario right. I don't, see, I don't see... I've, I've got to be honest. I don't see Teddy Bridgewater as... He's an upgrade over Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's enough of an upgrade to win games by himself. That's fair. Yeah, I can see Yeah, that. I think I think you just get more of the same... I mean, a better version of the same thing with, with Ryan Tannehill. It's mm-hmm. just a, a signal caller and game manager more so than... Uh, someone who's going to go out there and chuck the ball for 400 yards like Breeze. I I wonder if Breeze was coming into this game feeling a bit of pressure, though. You know? Well, and that's he... why he's come back so early. Yeah. Well, possibly, <laughs> but I mean... No, it's a good not. point. I was actually thinking that myself. Because if you're yeah. seeing now as Drew Breeze, you're hitting, you're hitting 40. Teddy Bridgewater's winning, going 100% when he was expected to go 50-50, hopefully, which is what Saints yeah, fans were hoping for. And he's come in and he, you see what happens. This happens throughout the league all the time. Alex Smith went down, lost his job to Kaepernick. Favre retired, lost his job full-time to Aaron Rodgers. Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe mm. and Tony Romo. It mm. happens all the time. And if you're on that side of 40 and you're looking at a younger, cheaper player, why yeah. would you not be looking over your shoulder? That's true. Can I make an, a ridiculously outrageous prediction as well for not this season but next season involving Teddy Bridgewater? And yes, it, it, it. It, it, it corresponds with what you just mentioned there about Mr. Tom Brady and what's been going on with him in terms of you know this case. You think Bridgewater first... ends up in uh, the Patriots? I'm I'm seeing. I'm saying if the if the Pats win the Super Bowl this year, 
Brady's at the end of his contract for the first time in, in forever. Um, there's been lots of sort of in the background stuff that people are saying, could that be a hint that he's leaving out and, and whatnot? I think if he, if he gets another ring this year, Brady rides off into the sunset. I can see Belichick taking on a Teddy Bridgewater, making a trade for him. Um, as maybe the successor for Brady in in the sort of short term interim period, what do you guys think? Mm, I'm not I'm not too hot on it to be honest. I think they'll they'll just pick up a rookie and, and make them amazing. To be honest, they they could pick up someone in the, in the fifth round and still be a serviceable QB. I mean, look 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 what we're seeing out of Jimmy G and um, and Jacoby Brissett now, and that's the kind of due to the it, well, in my opinion, it's 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 somewhat due to the beginning of their careers at New England and I think they could effectively take mm. quite a lot of good talent from even even if they end up with the last pick of the first round every year they're still going to manage to get a good uh, you know a QB who fits their system true yeah, not... I agree with you Joe I, I don't think they go for Bridgewater they got Jared Stidham do you remember all the rave, rave about him over the yeah. preseason I know it's preseason but spent a fourth rounder on him that, and they released Brian Hoyer, who they, who they know can come in in relief. If you're releasing a steady veteran in Brian Hoyer, I think it's because you know you have something in Sidham. Yeah, true. I'm just trying to get Bridgewater a ring, man. I, I feel for him. You're just trying to get rid of Brady is what you're trying to do. And and maybe that as well. Get Two rid. birds, one stone. Okay, so the fourth <laughs> team that's been really impressive this season, Green Bay Packers. Joe, I know you want to speak about Aaron Aaron Jones. Do you, Joe? Yeah. Are you sure you want to speak about Aaron Jones? You go Aaron Jones kind of decimated me on fantasy this week, but then again, I, your boy. I didn't start. Well, I did start David Johnson, which was my main concern, and it doesn't matter anyway. But um, yeah, I, I thought he he looked like a really great fit in the passing game, especially as a replacement for Devontae Adams' production, seeing as he's injured now. Um, yeah, any t- it seemed like any time he was one on one with a linebacker, it was just a, a mismatch in the passing game. So he. Uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers looking like an MVP candidate uh, you know, seven, eight, 7 for 8 receptions for 159 yards and 2 touchdowns out of your running back that is ridiculous in my opinion ludicrous and like I said it, it's it's a great uh, picking up from where Devontae Adam, the, the gap that Devontae Adams has left yeah, and this is what the offense was supposed to be when Matt LaFleur came in in the offseason. I read a piece about it earlier, about how it was a lot of passes to the running back, a lot of a run-heavy game plan that can have play action running off it. And I think, well, you saw that touchdown that Aaron Rodgers threw this week was just unbelievable. So oh, you've got him yeah. that yeah. he can just win. If you've, got, if you've got a game plan behind him that is a consistent defense beater, then... That Green Bay Packers, you're right, that's looking like a three-way matchup for the NFC. I'm not sure which of them is going to come out on top because I feel any of them on their day could be anyone else in the league. Yeah, I can see that as well, to be fair. They've been so strong. I mean, I know we mentioned sort of um, Coleman and Breeder as well, but do we think that maybe right now Jones and Williams is the best one-two punch in the league for running back? Ooh. I'd say it's definitely up there, yeah. Uh, I think Sony Michelle James White goes under the radar. That's true. That's true. I just, I'm I'm just loving the the Jones Williams at the moment. You know they both got two touchdowns this this weekend. They seem to just complement each other so well. Um, they've been absolutely flying, and, and Green Bay have looked so impressive. Wow. My issue with Green Bay 
early on the season, we were all raving about their defense, about how it's turned it around, how they don't. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to win games anymore. The Philly game, they got pushed around. The Raiders game, they gave up a bunch of yards to the Oakland Raiders. And this time, they gave up too many yards and points to Matt Moore and the Chiefs, which should have probably been a blowout without Pat Mahomes. Matt Moore, go on the boys. Go on, Is son. that defense going to be a little bit of an issue when they play the better teams in the league? I don't think they have the same attitude. When you play the Saints or the Niners or the Patriots, what they do is when they get ahead, they absolutely crush the opposition's throat. They stamp right on it. These Packers team, they've let teams back into games. That's true. Yeah, I, that, I, I, I do that, see mm. that. That's yeah, why I'm I'd, thinking I'd, it's I'd probably going to be between the Niners. Unless, unless the defense goes back into the form it was early on then I am going to struggle with seeing this Packers team in the, quite that same upper echelon the other two are in. Yeah, well, they need to find that sort of ruthless streak. You're absolutely right, Slew. And I think that we need to see them get get up in a game and stay up and not let teams back into it. Okay, and so a team that has to also try and get up in a game, but is struggling to do that, Chicago Bears, early Super Bowl <laughs> contender. Mitch Trubisky was one of the favourites for the MVP What's wah, going wah, on at the end wah. of the first half this week? Do you know what I hate to see, Joe? I bet you hate to see this as well because you, as a former running back, when they're on the one-yard line trying to run it from shotgun, just get in the eye formation, just ram it down the middle, surely. like You're, you're not going to have the numbers advantage under in shotgun. And the, just the angle yeah, the running back's going to take, it's, surely it's not the right tactic to be taking there. Yeah, uh, Coach Cowboy said it best, your first step should always be forward, mate. And that's... Uh... Not possible in shotgun, is the issue. But uh, but yeah, no, I I agree. That's this is completely ridiculous. I, I don't understand this. And also the you get this, it's well like you're we're seeing it more. I know this is relevant to that point, but you're seeing it more and more. Teams go for fourth and one, and they're 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 not optioning for the the QB sneak, but they're they're handing it back to the running back, and it's like oh, why are you doing that? It's just so easy to gain one yard by just sneaking the ball but um the Brady sneak yeah the, the Brady sneak are you right it's almost it's almost overthinking it. it's getting in shotgun trying to be it smart but if you get under center and you've got that fullback you've got the run back it also opens up that play action game you only need the tight end to get slightly open on the goal line or literally just ram it you're bigger than the chargers just ram it down them yeah or give mm. it give it to the fullback or, or anything it's just so many more options yeah I mean it is yeah, hasn't that been the Bears fit. though yeah, the other telling thing about the Bears, did you see Matt Nagy's post-match interview after? I know an NFL kicker should not be missing a 41-yarder, but if your head coach is kneeling on that rather than running or passing it because he was too afraid that if they did that, they'd either have a turnover or lose yardage, that can't instill confidence in your team going forward. That You don't think you can pick up maybe five yards to make it an easier kick, and he probably would have nailed that. The trajectory of the kick probably would have gone in if it had been... 35 rather than 41 yeah that's a good point i mean i think that's just the bears though i mean like like you said earlier trying to be too clever for their own good i think the the issue with the bears i mean eddie panera is not the reason they lost the game on, on sunday the reason they lost the game is they've got an offense with a quarterback that can't effectively move the chains they've missed too many opportunities they're trying to do lots of clever motion and misdirection and stuff and they just they're just not competent enough to be able to do it and it's putting them in situations where, like on Sunday, they should have had that game wrapped up. Chargers, as they seem to have done loads of times a season, gave the, the Bears so many opportunities to win that game. 
it meant that Eddie Pinero was in a situation of rather than being like this kick can win us the game, it's uh, I've got to make this this kick or we've lost a game that we should already have won by now. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. On that note of Usain trying to be too clever for their own good, there was that play just before where they tried to run it from shotgun, where they had four players like lined up in a diamond formation on the right. Oh, and yeah. I yeah. think the tight end on the left, and it was so obvious that that ball was always going to that tight end on a slant yeah. or a fade. And why would you throw that ball? Surely when you're Trubisky and you know it's going to be a slant and you see that linebacker waiting there, first of all, he doesn't get it there anyway because it's batted, but the ball's not on. Why is he Why is he not changing that play? It's because he doesn't go for his progressions well enough. He's just a... And he's always... I, that's not even a progression thing. That's a pre-snap read that but, you just know, right, this is what we're trying to do. It's not even a... It's, this is where we're throwing it. Is it on? No, because it's obvious. Can... I'm sitting from home and I can tell. I'm pretty sure defensive coordinators and NFL defenders know where it's going as well. But he mm. just doesn't have the confidence to, to call an audible there and just change the play. Then It's, it's, yeah. the, same, it's the same problem as what we were saying last week. It's just Mitch Trubisky is... is I feel like he's going to be one of these QBs that is sort of acting in, inexperienced five years in. Like I, I can't imagine him him I can't see him progressing massively and if he couldn't do it last year with with the Bears defense playing that well I don't think he's going to be able to manage it this year. He 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 he, he never looks comfortable no. in an NFL offense, Trubisky. Never. Yeah, that's fair enough. And before we do get into the three games we've got highlighted for Week Nine. Matt, I want to ask you something quickly about the Dolphins. Trading Kenyon oh. Drake for the sixth, I don't really get it. Because keeping Kenyon yeah. Drake is not going to win you a game. And the only reason I can think about it is if they think that Mark Walton is the guy. Because if they can't, they're not going to be able to replace someone of Drake's calibre with a sixth round pick. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I... That I, I I did like my article a few weeks ago. I I sort of said the writings on the wall on the wall for Drake, and it, I feel really bad for him because it's not a reflection on his talent. No. I think you could ask anyone who's watched Kenyon Drake over his time in the NFL so far. He's not a fifth slash sixth round talent. You know he can play, but for some reason the Dolphins have just been so reluctant to give him opportunities and to and to give him the ball. He's averaged six point two rush attempts per game over his career. Which is ridiculous when you when you when you think about you know some of the things that he's the, the flashes that he's shown of what he can do to only be giving him an, an average of of six rushes a game is ludicrous, mm. um, and then to trade him away for 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 what is essentially pennies, it, it, it's a disappointing one. But unfortunately, I'm not completely shocked by it. The Dolphins didn't really want to keep Drake around. It's clear that there's a there's a there's a misalignment there with what the Dolphins think Drake is capable of and, and the talent that he has and what that maybe the rest of the league sees that he could maybe do. How do you think he fits in the Cardinals' offense? This was a weird one as well, because I didn't see the Cardinals coming into it until you know the end of the game on Sunday when their, their running back core was just so yeah. depleted. It's going to be interesting when Edmonds and Johnson get back, because that running back room suddenly becomes really, really crowded. Um, but you know, it's, it, I, I see it's, it's a short-term loan. I don't think that Kenyon Drake's going to be a Cardinal next season, but maybe he does enough. You know, down this stretch while Edmonds and, and Johnson are struggling that he can land on another team and, and maybe win a starting job there do you think he could, does he run out of his contract at the end of this year I, I'm not even sure but yes so so Drake's in a contract year um, he there were permit preliminary talks between him and the Dolphins at the start of the season but they didn't really go anywhere and it sort of became clear that neither side was ready to commit to each other 
which again has factored into this decision to get rid of him, I'm sure. Um, and like I said, I think for the Cardinals, Drake is the the RB1 for the next few weeks until Edmonds and Johnson get healthy. Depending on how that goes, I can see one of them being moved, most likely Drake, at the end of the season. Yeah. And another trade that went through today, Leonard Williams to the Giants. Two teams that have actually put on my dead list this week, so I don't think either of them are going anywhere, especially Sam Darnold struggling as much as he has been. But I do think this is a this trade is a win for both teams. The Giants mm. get a good player. If they re-sign him, the um, the Jets get a third and a fourth in 2021. If not, they get a third next year and a fifth in 2021, which is good returns on a play that hasn't good performed returns. as much as they should have for the Jets. Yeah, I, I feel like with Len Williams, pretty much everything I just said about Kenyon Drake, you can copy and paste it and stick it to Len Williams. <laughs> it's the same situation of... You know, the Jets liked him, but not enough to commit to him. Um, I was kind of surprised, again, that it was the Giants, though. I would have maybe thought that if I was Kansas City, I'd take a fly on, on picking up Leonard Williams to try and plug that that run running back, that running back defense sort of weakness. Um, but yeah, 100%. I think that works for both parties. Yeah, I'm, I'm in total agreement, Great. to be honest. <laughs> Perfect. Nice positive end on week eight. So looking forward to week nine. First game, which is the Vikings at the Chiefs who put up more of a fight than they I thought they would have done against the Packers. Can they win this one? Ooh. Joe, you go first. Oh, you're making me go first. I think, to be honest, I think both teams can win. I'm going to lean more towards the... Uh, obviously, I'm on the fence here, but I'm going to lean more towards the Vikings just for the, the simple fact that it is. Uh, Kirk Cousins looked quite good as of late. Uh, Stefan Diggs seems to be coming into his into his stride after a really poor start to the season, um, and I, I'm just starting to see that offense click a bit more uh, on the Vikings. You know, they're they're actually ha- they, after being called out, they're starting to mix in the passing with the rushing, and their rushing game is still amazing, uh, one of the best in the league. And I just think they're going to game manage the hell out of this uh, Chiefs offense it, despite obviously Matt Moore isn't as talented as Pat Mahomes but with Andy Reid it's still any man's game and we saw that against uh, the Packers putting up more of a fight than they should um, or at any conceivable right to do so um, but yeah I, th- I think I'm going to lean to the safe option here which in my opinion is the Vikings what are you saying okay I've got that Okay, the Vikings. Does that change if Mahomes plays? There is an outside chance he could play in this game. Yes. It d- yeah, you go with the Chiefs if he plays. Yes. We'll add that to the record. If if come day, we'll put that in. Vikings if Mahomes isn't playing. Chiefs asterisks. if he is. Yeah. Yeah. Vikings yeah. asterisks for Joe. I think. I I, I oh, well obviously the Vikings defense is still one of the best in the league as well, but. I think just the pace that Mahomes would set, even if he's coming, it, obviously it depends. If, if he comes back and he's he's not himself or he's lacking some of the mobility that we we know Mahomes for, then it's probably best if he doesn't play. Yeah, you'd rather just he didn't mm. play for a week because they're probably going to make the playoffs anyway. True. Yeah, Matt, uh, I am going to go against my better judgment with a Chiefs win here because. I like Matt Moore. I was impressed that he was, you know, with his performance 
in relief of Mahomes against Packers. I thought it was I thought it was pretty strong. Um, I think the Chiefs' pass rush in the last couple of weeks has started to show up and could maybe give Cousins some trouble if they get him off rhythm early. Um, my only concern is, uh, you know, obviously Cousins has looked a lot better, but it's mainly Dalvin Cook and that Chiefs' slightly wayward run run defense could be the Achilles heel for this one. Yeah, that's the you know, I'm going with the Chiefs, but the run defense for the for the Chiefs is worrying, especially against Dalvin Cook, who has been immense this season. But when you look at how the Chiefs were able to get consistent pressures on Rodgers, and the Green Bay O-line is, I think, far superior to that of the Vikings. If this does turn into a bit of a shootout, which it has the potential to, I don't know if Kirk Cousins can drop back 25 to 30 times and have the time that he needs to make passes. Mm. I disagree completely wholeheartedly whoa i can't believe we bought the that. whole thing yeah with your whole point i think it's redundant i think you're redundant <laughs> that is such an Kirk cousins wow. is gonna win the mvp mate no i'm joking that's obviously lamar jackson sandwich bet no i refuse Coward. <laughs> all right so before joe backs himself into a corner any further texans at jags do you want me to go i can go Go for I'm it. Gonna, you seem pretty keen. Oh, well, I'm not that keen at all. I'm going to go for the Texans. Um, what we saw last week was something unprecedented within the Texans establishment, which was their ability to go in to a game down at halftime and come through and win in the end with 14 points in the fourth quarter. Um, I think there's more talent on that Texans team than the Jags, and that's because they literally pulled all the stops out to win this year as it seems um, I I think they, they have a good chance to make it a shootout and I just think Deshaun Watson's going to overcome Gardner Minshew as much as I love the man over the tash I wow. know I know but I, Deshaun Watson is just Deshaun Watson is so good he's though. so bloody he's, good he, he is dragging that team kicking and screaming to a winning record yeah, yeah. and do you not worry for the Texans though if it does turn into a bit of a high score? JJ Watts out. And if only they had a really good secondary pass rusher that they could have had. Maybe I don't know, signed to a <coughs> long-term deal this summer. Uh, clowny. Yeah, but mm, it, oh, that's what it was. But and so the Texans' uh, defense have been struggling anyway. That secondary has been a little bit sorry. So without JJ Watt, is Whitney Merciless like maybe the only big difference maker on that defense i don't know i think the jags may be able to nick this one can i can i just say one thing which is whitney merciless no. is a better pass rusher than jadavin clowney jadavin clowney was never even known as a good pass rusher he's actually quite infamously bad at pass rushing he's a very good run defender but he's he's not a good pass rusher so to defend to so to you know replace jj watt in terms of pass rushing is something jadavin clowney could have never have done in the first place thank you very much <laughs> that whoa Joe's spicy takes. I it's like a, it. So just a true fact, like he's never been a good pass rusher as much as like he was hyped coming in, out into the draft and everyone thought he was going to be amazing. You know. As much as he tries, doesn't get the pies. He does not. But he's very good. One of the best in the league at run defending. So that's, that's what you mm. get with him. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm, I'm going to go Texans win here narrowly. Again, I, I kind of wanted to go with Gardner Minshew because I'm, yeah. I am going to be at that game and I am going to be supporting the Jags with a big Minshew moustache on. But I think, realistically, the Texans... I hope you're going to wear one because I've seen your attempts to grow a moustache. No, hey, probably, he probably thinks up, he's already got it. 
it's a big it's big moustache trust me um but yeah so i i'm gonna the, the rational part of my brain's gonna say the texans are gonna win because you know that offense can be so good and deshaun watson at the moment is so good that touchdown throw where he got kicked in the face man like yeah, take some that's grip. stupid he's, he's there but to be just fair he already knew where he was throwing it you don't need your eyes at that point it's, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous isn't it like the way he's just adjusting his helmet before he throws it and he's like yeah it's gonna be a touchdown um Minshew's not quite there yet um so <laughs> that's I, fair I, to I say think, I think that is fair to say um, it's a bold take though I can't believe but he's so fun he's so fun Minshew but yeah I, I think Texans are going to win this one um not by a lot though I think it'll be close hmm. okay and the final game of the week I think this is the best game of the week yeah. the New England Patriots going into Baltimore to face the Ravens coming out of a bye week probably the only time you probably the best way to face the Patriots is coming off a bye week I mean it didn't help the Browns but Freddie mm. Kitchens probably isn't the X and O's man they've got on the Ravens that is true we can get... the Ravens win this one should we get yeah Joe you get out of the way first with your silly prediction and then me and Joe me and Slew will do the, the actual ones do you want to know what I put down I put down Pats are going to yeah. win lol wow <laughs> I, I just okay. kind of hope it's close and that a man with no principles the Patriots don't lay out the uh, you know the the blueprint to to stop Lamar Jackson this year because he he has been very productive I just I think you know they will though don't you I think after seeing what that Pat's D line is doing to almost every quarterback it faces um just their disguise yeah. disguising blitzes making like they for instance like their their linebackers do this thing where it's, it's kind of you know they, they pretend to they go to blitz and then if they're being blocked they just disengage and drop into coverage and things like that uh, you know i i think it's going to confuse the hell out of lamar jackson and he is still inexperienced um i think with there's a potential i mean it's not like he's the best part of the ball, and I think they're going to negate to some extent his his rushing capabilities. If I'm honest, I'm just being honest, guys. I knew you wouldn't expect this, and you thought I was just going to be a big old um, Ravens boy, Ravens ball hugger. But it is what it is. I mean, I, I know how good the Pats' defense is this year. They're ridiculous. They're probably going to beat us now, but mm-hmm. wait for the playoffs, Sonny Jim. When they beat you again. Well, at least, nice. there was a, at least there was a little bit of optimism there because you were sounding so defeated the whole way through that. I think it could be closer than people think. I think this is the hardest game that the Patriots have had all year. If you look at their schedule, the Bills are the only sort of semi-decent team that they've beaten, and that was a close game. And um, Josh Allen got knocked out towards the end of it. If Lamar Jackson can get rolling, and maybe they can't, don't quite account to for the speed he has, can. I don't know, maybe the Ravens can nick it, but realistically, it's the Patriots, and they're probably going to win it quite comfortably. So, yeah. And then Matt gets to see another one of Tom Brady. Have you seen Tom Brady's Twitter videos that he does after every win? No, I, I don't look at Tom Brady's Twitter out of principle. Oh, I'm going to send I'm going to send them to you after the show, and it's going to make you absolutely want to kill yourself because I know how much you love that man. <laughs> what, is man. It, what is it? Can you describe it? In some way, oh, I, can't, I can't. Not not the entire beauty of it. He's just not to do it. Justice. I love how little shit he gives. He does. He doesn't mind playing the bad guy at this point, and it's just great. He's just like, "Yep, we won again. See you next week." Pretty much. <laughs> oh, that's gonna really push my buttons. Uh... Um, 
and yeah, because it, it is definitely going to happen again this week because the Pats are going to beat your Ravens, Joe. Sorry about that. Um, I mean, if there's any consolation, technically the Pats are slightly worse against the run than they are against the pass defensively, statistically yeah. speaking. Um, but they're really, really good at both still, so you're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, like I said... I just hope it's going to be reasonably close and we Respectable. keep it. I, I think it, there's a potential that if we maybe... The, the Pats' offense hasn't looked amazing this year and they have, even against the Browns, there were some skew-if moments. Um, I think maybe... I mean, our secondary is pretty damn good right now. Maybe if we get a few takeaways returned for touchdowns, maybe. But I, I'm just not... You know, I just know how good this team is. It's fine. It's fine, Joe. Just don't watch it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm just gonna cry. Okay, so a couple of points. A couple of points to end on. While we were recording this podcast, I got a notification from NFL.com that Adam Shine Sheen has just posted an article of who are the best four and four teams: Eagles v Jags. So we're on the right track somewhere. Nice. Get in. Good content, nice. guys. And no another thing. That. Eight more weeks until arguably the worst game in NFL history takes off. We forgot to mention it last week. Eight weeks until the Dolphins against the Bengals. I just can't so wait. I know Matt's buzzing for a win. I hope you like punts, guys. Uh-huh. I hope you like punts. I hope you like. Okay, so on that note, that's the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our articles posted maybe three times a week on thedropback.com. Maybe three. Check out our Instagram and Twitter at the Dropback, our Facebook at the Dropback UK. I've been Sam. I've been Joe. And I've been Matt. And until next time, see ya. Peace.